Good morning, All-Stars. Today, I'm super pumped to share uh, the first chapter of this book. I discovered this novel um, last spring, and I read it in a couple of hours on a long bus ride. Um, And I loved it. And I recommended it to all my students last year. And um, I reread it again over the summer. It's a really great novel. Uh, The title of this book is Dear Martin. And it's by a woman named Nick Stone. Um, And if you like Jason Reynolds stuff, you will love her stuff. All right. So here we go. First chapter, Dear Martin by Nick Stone. Free at last? Dream on. Justice McAllister is top of his class and set for a bright future, but none of that matters to the police officer who just put him in handcuffs. And despite leaving his rough neighborhood behind, he can't escape the scorn of former peers or the ridicule of his new classmates. Justice looks to the teachings of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. for his answers, but do they hold up anymore? He starts a journal to Dr. King to find out. Then comes the day Justice goes driving with his best friend Manny. Windows rolled down, music turned up, way up, sparking the fury of a white off-duty cop beside them. Words fly. Shots are fired. Justice and Manny are caught in the crosshairs. In the media fallout, it's Justice who is under attack. Riveting and revealing, New York Times bestseller author Nick Stone boldly tackles American race relations in this stunning debut. I believe that unarmed truth and unconditional love will have the final word in reality. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Part 1, Chapter 1. From where he's standing across the street, Justice can see her, Mello Taylor, ex-girlfriend, slumped over beside her bends on the damp concrete of the Farm Fresh parking lot. She's missing a shoe, and the contents of her purse are scattered around her like the guts of a pulled party popper. He knows she's stone drunk, but this is too much, even for her. Just shakes his head, remembering the judgment all over his best friend Manny's face as he left Manny's house not 15 minutes ago. The walk symbol appears. As he approaches, she opens her eyes, and he waves and pulls his earbuds out, just in time to hear her say, What the hell are you doing here? Justice asks himself the same question as he watches her try, and fail, to shift to her knees. She falls over sideways and hits her face against the car door. He drops down and reaches for her cheek, which is as red as the candy apple paint job. Damn, Mellow, are you okay? She pushes his hand away. What do you care? Stung, Justice takes a deep breath. He cares a lot, obviously. If he didn't, he wouldn't have walked a mile from Manny's house at three in the morning. Manny's of the opinion that Mello's the worst thing that ever happened to Jess, so of course he refused to give his boy a ride. All to keep his drunken disaster of an ex from driving. He should walk away right now, Justice should. But he doesn't. Jessa called me, he tells her. Oh. She did? But don't be like that. She only called me because she cares about you. Jessa had planned to take Mello home herself, but Mel threatened to call the cops and say she'd been kidnapped if Jessa didn't drop her at her car. Mello can be a little dramatic when she's drunk. I'm totally unfollowing her, she says, case in point. In life and online, nosy jerk. 
Justice shakes his head again. I just came to make sure you got home okay. That's when it hit Justice that while he might succeed in getting Mello home, he has no idea how he'll get back. He closes his eyes as Manny's words ring through his head. This Captain Save-A-Girl thing is going to get you in trouble, dog. He looks Mello over. She's now sitting with her head leaned back against the car door, half asleep, mouth open. He sighs. Even drunk, just can't deny Mello's the finest girl he's ever laid eyes on. She starts to tilt, and Justice catches her by the shoulders to keep her from falling. She startles, looking at him wide-eyed, and just can see everything about her that initially caught her, his attention. Mello's dad is this Hall of Fame NFL linebacker, big black dude, but her mom is from Norway. She got Mrs. Taylor's milky Norwegian complexion, wavy hair the color of honey, and amazing green eyes that are kind of purple around the edge. But she has really full lips, a small waist, crazy curvy hips, and probably the nicest butt Jess has ever seen in his life. But that's part of the problem. He gets too tripped up by how beautiful she is. He would never have dreamed a girl as fine as her would be into him. Now he's got the urge to kiss her, even though her eyes are red and her hair's a mess, and she smells like vodka and cigarettes. But when he goes to push her hair out of her face, she shoves his hand away. Don't touch me, Justice. She starts shifting her stuff around on the ground. Lipstick, Kleenex, tampons, one of those circular thingies with the makeup in one half and a mirror in the other. A flask. Oh, where are my keys? Justice spots them in front of the black back tire and snatches them up. You're not driving, Mello. Give them. She swipes for the keys but falls into his arms instead. Justice props her up against the car again and gathers the rest of her stuff to put it back in her bag, which is large enough to hold a week's worth of groceries. What is it with girls and purses the size of duffel bags? He unlocks the car, tosses the bag on the floor of the back seat, and tries to get Mello up off the ground. Then everything goes really wrong, really fast. First, she throws up all over the hoodie Jess is wearing which belongs to Manny, who specifically said, don't come back here with the throw-up on my hoodie. Perfect. Just takes off the sweatshirt and tosses it in the back seat. When he tries to pick Mello up again, she slaps him. Hard. Leave me alone, Justice, she says. I can't do that, Mel. There's no way you'll make it home if you try to drive yourself. He tries to lift her up by the armpits and she spits in his face. He considers walking away again. He could call her parents, stick her keys in his pocket and bounce. Oak Ridge is probably the safest neighborhood in Atlanta. She'd be fine for the 25 minutes it would take Mr. Taylor to get there. But he can't. Despite Manny's assertion that Mello needs to suffer some consequences for once, leaving her here all vulnerable doesn't seem like the right thing to do. So he picks her up and tosses her over his shoulder. Mello responds in her usual delicate fashion. She screams and beats him on the back with her fists. Justice struggles to get to the back door and is lowering into her car when he hears the whoop of a short siren and sees the blue lights. In the few seconds it takes for the police car to screech to a stop behind him, Justice settles Mello into the back seat. Now she's gone catatonic. Justice can hear the approaching footsteps, but he stays focused on getting Mello strapped in. He wants it to be clear to the cop that she wasn't going to drive, so she won't be in even worse trouble. 
Before he can get his head out of the car, he feels a tug on his shirt and is yanked backward. His head smacks the doorframe just before a hand clamps down on the back of his neck. His upper body slams onto the trunk with so much force, he bites the inside of his cheek and his mouth fills with blood. Just swallows, head spinning, unable to get his bearings. The sting of cold metal around his wrist puts him back into reality. Handcuffs. It hits him. Mellow's drunk beyond belief in the backseat of a car she fully intended to drive, yet just as the one in handcuffs. The cop shoves him to the ground beside the police cruiser as he asks if Justice understands his rights. Justice doesn't remember hearing any rights, but his ears had been ringing a lot from the two blows to the head, so maybe he missed them. He swallows more blood. Officer, this is a big misunder... He starts to say, but he doesn't get to finish because the officer hits him in the face. Don't you say anything to me, you little punk. I knew you were up to no good when I saw you walking down the road with that goddamn hood on. So the hood was a bad idea. Earbuds, too. Probably wouldn't have noticed he was being trailed without them. But, officer, I... You keep your mouth shut, the cop squats and gets right in Justice's face. I know you're kind. Punks like you wander the streets of nice neighborhoods searching for prey. Just couldn't resist the pretty white girl who locked her keys in the car, could ya? Except that doesn't even make sense. If Mel had locked her keys in the car, Just wouldn't have been able to get inside of it, would he? Justice finds the officer's nameplate, Castillo, it reads, though the guy in the looks like the regular white dude. Mama told him how to handle this type of situation, though he must admit he never expected to actually need the advice. Be respectful, keep the anger in check, make sure the police can see your hands, though that's impossible right now. Officer Castillo, I mean no disrespect. I told you to shut up. He wishes he could see Mello. Get her to tell this cop the truth, but the dude is blocking his view. Now, if you know what's good for you, you won't move or speak. Resistance will only land you in deeper trouble. Got it? Cigarette breath and flecks of spit hit Justice in the face as the cop speaks, but Justice fixes his gaze gaze on the glowing green F of the Farm Fresh sign. Look at me when I'm talking to you, boy. He grabs Justice's chin. I asked you a question. Justice swallows, meets the cold blue of Officer Castillo's eyes, clears his throat. Yes, sir, he says. I got it. So that was it. That's the first chapter of Dear Martin by Nick Stone. Um, This book is really wonderful. It's gripping. It's a great story. Um, It'll keep you on the edge of your seat. And like I said, if you are a Jason Reynolds fan, you will love Nick Stone. You will love her work and you will really love Dear Martin. So enjoy. Enjoy.